<laughs> I'm like, buddy, this is only like the third week of school. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been saying recently? Uh, just anything that I'm supposed to share with my student or any of the other students, I will just start singing it. So your life Can is a musical. you go get your iPad, please? It's time to write. It's time to read. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> I try to make it rhyme, but sometimes it doesn't. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But we've been watching um, Zombies. Three. Multiple times. Multiple times. And then we multiple started times. one, two, and three in series. And then three again and then we and traveled to grandmas and grandpas and the kids said "Ooh, you have to watch because they were singing a song over and over and over in and the car said, and you played you it you have to watch it you have to watch zombie Street. we have to show you and there was well well anna was like you you have to also watch zombies one so you can get the whole story you know what i mean mm-hmm. so they had to go back and watch zombies one i'm like whoo <laughs> yeah so zombies today zombies zombies zombie Zombie. Wrong song? Wrong song. Okay, so my name is Nicholas Linky. I am a father of three. That's why we've been watching Zombies 3, especially Mm -hmm. our youngest is in dire need of new music, I think, is what Just it is. Just our youngest? Well, okay, all of middle them. Middle two. Yeah. Middle one, yeah. All right. But uh, I am in education in throughout the last how many years? Like, I've been involved in education years. since I started school myself. Yeah. Yeah, like nonstop. It's a so career age education. five. <laughs> sure, sure. And this is my wife, Christina. Yeah, I'm an educational interpreter that I have been interpreting for how many years? I don't know. I don't know. I always say graduating in 06, got a job maybe in 07. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's it's like a, a lot of years after a while, they just all kind of blend together for like really? the students. You just watch your kids grow up and that's about it. So today we're going to focus on kids things. So if it's one of those things you look at and you're like, oh my gosh, it's just a bunch of parent talk and I don't have kids. Maybe so, but really what we're talking about is We'll Disney. pick on our kids just for you guys. Well, sure, we'll pick on our kids. Yeah. But we're talking about Disney. We're talking about some of the points in time that in the past it's been criticized as far as their progressiveness. And we wanted to really highlight this, I think, diamond in the rough, but it's gotten a lot of it's gotten a lot of attention. It has gotten a lot of attention. And some of the um I don't know, underlying themes. And I think they kind of need to just be highlighted for adults because I will say this. When you watch it, you see the generations of these early actors slowly grow. And by the time they get to the third movie, you kind of look and be like, yeah, this is a little over the top for you. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I don't know how many times we use the word cringe while watching it. We're like, oh, that's so weird yeah but the kids love it right 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 Bryson didn't even go oh that was sus oh that's <laughs> sus bro <laughs> he calls me bro so many times yeah. bro mom bro <laughs> okay i don't know i don't know i honestly don't know what to make of 
of that aspect of it. But what I will say is that they have taken a liking to some of the underlying themes as well. Like as far as making fun of the actors in certain parts in time and then pointing out to us when we're like kind of doing the whole cringe face, you know, like mm-hmm. they're a little old for this kind of silliness. But they really resonate with some of the undertones as well as some of the very blatantly activist type of things. So that's what we kind of wanted to talk about today. So I'm just going to jump in and say, if you haven't, we're not going to try to spoil the main plot line, but really what's going on. We know everybody listening to this is extremely excited if they have not yet to watch Zombies 3. (laughs) Okay, so you give us a rundown. You give us a rundown of what the basic premise is without ruining any of like the huge cliffhangers. Good pigeon. <laughs> That's a really old reference. That's a very old reference. I honestly don't. This is going horribly. Remember. <laughs> this is, this is really. Oh, like duh. Been... Zombies came. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the movie is zombies. I was like, yeah, I don't remember. There's some group that can't. Oh yeah. Zombies. This is, this is what's happening whenever you have kids that watch the same movie over and over again. <laughs> the real real. So for all the zombie movies, what would you say were the deeper meanings for all of them? The underlying theme, I guess, for each movie. So I think that, I mean, it's pretty blatant and I want to be like tread lightly because I think that they were kind of pulling in a bunch of different aspects of culture to try to make really, really um, broad strokes in certain respects because really what they're trying to do is that the concept, not direct references to specific events. It's kind of like that. um, So this is a fictional place. Super angry and. Right. It's like all the characters are made up, you know, any relationship to like real or dead or live people is, you know, purely coincidental. Right. That's why the green hair and the zombie features, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. So and this is going to be like full of spoilers. So if you want to go through the six hours of zombie (laughs) movies so you can make sense of exactly what this children's movie actually is about so you can see these themes for yourself. Great. But more so, it's just a kind of like a tip of the hat, but also just what we're showing our kids and what this generation of kids that's coming through is actually going to be looking at on a regular basis based on the media that they're digesting. Because a lot of what the education that they're getting right now sometimes has been pushed out of the classroom, right? And it's been put into these fictional stories of entertainment so that they can kind of invoke these conversations within them, right? And I think that's part of like the pushback from yeah. like the other people that are not very happy with Disney, like the Disney anti-culture, right? That's like actually saying like, no, Disney's yeah. trying to do all this kind of stuff. And in a certain respect, like I think that their progressive agenda is just kind of making sure that everybody has representation. And I think that that's very good because that's really what this is about as far as Zombies 1 is that it kind of deals with the aspect of segregation. Originally in the very beginning of the show, there are zombies that live on one side of the fence after the outbreak and there are people that live on the opposite side in this fictional land called Seabrook and Zombieland. Right. 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 
looking at the main characters, it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet. Of course. Star-crossed lovers, you know. Right. One rich, the other one dead. <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> Zed's dead. Right, right. <laughs> but, that was my point. Yeah. But the idea is, is not necessarily focusing on the zombie kind of um parallel right and there's not a, there's not a lot of zombie action going on they're pretty much humanized they have this kind of thing but there's prejudice like obvious and blatant prejudice of course, against yeah. the zombies where they're issued government clothing and they're made to live on one side and they go in through an, another entryway into the high school and they don't actually participate in certain other events. So there's actually segregation. It's been a while since I've watched Zombies 1. When did you watch it? With the grandparents. Last. Okay, so whenever we, whenever we went to the grandparents, right, this past okay. weekend. Okay, you were saying that. And that's I'm like, when I said I the trilogy happened. I don't remember any of this. We okay, watched okay. three, then we watched one, two, and started three again. You actually did watch two again? Or you did watch two as well? We started it. Good Lord. Yeah, it was a lot of zombies. Movie marathon weekend. So many zombies. <laughs> But that's kind of the aspect that we're that we're looking at as like how this evolved from one generation to the next of movies. And in the second one, right, in Zombies 2, they kind of actually identify a culture of almost natives to Seabrook, right? They were originally there and their precious moonstone was stolen from the actual um from their culture. And by doing that, it has sabotaged their their ability to be able to be with the world, right? It, it right. takes away their power. And I see this as kind of like the way that people move into certain areas and push in and push the other people out, right? Yeah. So they actually are pushing out the subculture and saying that this other culture is now owning it all. So the one that's actually been removed is like, wild and uncivilized and you can see how this parallel is being made and then eventually at the very end there's a resolution right that, that we can actually make it so there's again acceptance and i think that's really kind of the point that has been made in the first two is that there's these individuals that have been pushed out of society and they're reuniting the culture and, and gaining up acceptance of this other group but then they change it <laughs> Like, they go a completely different direction with Zombies 3. And what what's the big thing? Because the first one's zombies, the second one's werewolves, and this one is... Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Ancient aliens. Aliens. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's different, right? And I think the parallel is still there. This is just a reminder that the Delta is a member of the Heartland Pod family of podcasts. Join us every other Wednesday as we grow this show into a reflection of our lives where family, school, life, science, and politics all converge. Check out some of our other shows, including the Heartland Pod, the Fly Overview, High Country, and Let's Have a Chat. Also, you can check out some of our collection of family projects on GlassroomHive.com, like our family YouTube channel called Stink Finks, Nicholas's two-minute lectures on his Hourglass Science channel, and our published books whether it be our children's book, Dharma and Eldon and the Sandwich, or our new adult fiction like the Nure series. Another way to be transparent about progressive lives in the Midwest, ClassroomHive.com. Now back to our show. Right, and there is another aspect as there is high school, 
like the whole thing is high school. Right. So right. once you graduate, yeah, it's kind of college and Disney doesn't touch that. I'm say as Disney much. don't want you no more. <laughs> yeah. So I did sure. a lot of like setting up the three movies and kind of like the basis as far as that. And I really want to kind of digest three because that's what you've been singing a lot recently. And to get us from point A to point B, I kind of wanted to give just a little bit of the backstory as far as how they've done segregation, how they've done. Um, and it's, it's not direct. Like, I don't want to make the parallel too right. clean. But there is a lot of these, you know, no zombies allowed. I mean, they etch it on, they, they spray paint it on the wall. So they're definitely trying to make sure that inclusion is something they're advocating for. That's brilliant because I see it getting pushed out of other places. Absolutely. But number three, what's happening? Like the aliens, what do they want? So the aliens come in and they want the most precious thing and they don't know what it is but they know where it is and so they go and they're trying to find i go this map of coordinates or whatever whatever or with coordinates and i don't want to give the whole story away but they come looking for something yeah, these and people aren't gonna watch zombies three like everybody's listening to this is either they're already watched it or not going to watch it or now watch it because of what we're talking right about. right there's the three options that are there <laughs> Right. Let's see how cringeworthy this is. Yeah. So they fly in and they want to do uh, this cheer competition to mask the fact that they're really there looking for the thing. And so there's what I love about it is I feel like the soundtrack is so much more diverse in the first one. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then when the werewolves came, and they had different voices. And I mean, like, I think there's auto tune in the third one, just the way they sing and like the, is it a dubstep kind of thing? Yeah. Is they definitely like, have their own styles. Like they kind definitely. of evolve. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I like so much. And I don't know why I pulled it up on Spotify one day, but I think Van and I were driving to, cheer practice okay and i was like oh it's fine i'll just you know pull something up we just watched it's fine so anyway so we were driving and i started playing we, we started at the beginning and she's like oh man this alien invasion was my favorite and then like as i went there was like a love song i'm like you know pass skip that and uh you'll 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 see that on the sound bite there like what is that spike oh that's tina's uh raspberry <laughs> what's it called Whatever. Anyway, no, I'm not a fan of those. Then the next song comes on and it's the werewolves and they're just dubstep electronic type music. It's just really interesting. And then the further you go, there's another song um, where the football player zombie kid is singing and he's talking about how exceptional he is and everybody's trying to convince him. Yes, you are. But then there's, I mean, it's not there in the soundtrack, but in the movie, there's something else that happens. And then he finally says, you know, I may be different, but who that's exceptional isn't. And I listened to that whole song and I thought, man, that explains Evangelina perfectly. And we even had a conversation. She said, I just, 
I don't know. People think I'm weird. And I said, well, you can be the weird kid. Just don't ever be the mean kid. You know, weird is okay. And I thought about how you tell your kids that. And then once they get to middle school or high school or whatever, I just keep thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to daily convince my kid how amazing they are until they're finally old enough to get out of high school and go, I am amazing. Mom's right. High school is not going to be the end of everything. You know what I mean? I just, I just think about how hard it could be for kids. Right. And so this song really kind of stuck with me as far as I was like, Oh my gosh, that's you. And it was really funny because the next day, the next morning I walked in and Anna had already woken up she never wakes up that early. And I walked in and I was singing that song and I, Vanny's on the top bunk. As I walk in, I said, or I said, you're exceptional. And I touched her face and I walked out and I looked down as I looked down to Anna has this look of like <gasps> shock on her face. And I looked down and I said, what? She was, told Vanny she was incredible and you just looked at me and just walked right out <laughs> and she looked so appalled like, I did not I was singing the song from Zombies 3 get over yourself it was just so funny but that's kind of the aspect that we're pointing out is that these people that are showcasing differences and we're trying to point that it points out how it's conformity it's the blue and pink very obvious in the very beginning of the movie as this as this binary system in the seabrook people town right and all the houses are made out of ticky tacky and everything looks exactly the same and it's all perfect right on one side of the fence and the other side it's grungy you know what i mean it's right. kind of like not really all put together, say right? It's run down and zombie. Zombified. Yeah, it, it yeah. kind of looks that way. And and I think it's one of those things that the movie has a lot of heart, but it's obvious that the people that were designing it and thinking about it slipped a lot of really good conversation pieces into that. And I think it's worthwhile to have kids really, really partake in because as you're saying, it kind of points out this, you know, it's okay to do this differently than what you're told repeatedly in culture, you know, that it's not okay, particularly where we live, right? I mean, right. the reason why this becomes so evident to us is because most of the time you see these things being removed, right? You see these things being removed from the schools and from common conversation and all this type of stuff. But it, like it needs to be there, and and I'm okay with that because what it does is it makes sure that exposure is happening, Absolutely. even if it's in a medium that is fictional. Well, one of the so. characters I recognized from a different show that I had watched, and so I searched up the cast and I looked for this person, and because in the other show that I was watching, I believe that that person went by they, them pronouns mm -hmm. and was dating, started dating one of the girls. Mm -hmm. And so, and so it was interesting because I think the, in that show they recognized also as non-binary. So I looked it up 
And I was like, oh, that's where I saw this person. And so I was sharing with the kids how I knew uh, that face, how that face was familiar. And as the movie went on, everybody in the movie uh, said they, them about this character, right? right? Yeah. They said they, them. And one of our kiddos latched on them that immediately because it was different. Right. And because they also felt like they could connect a little bit with that character, you know? And I just, like you said, it's the exposure. It's just so cool that, I mean, not in just movies like this, but Mitchell's versus the machines. Can I, can I stray a bit? Mitchell's versus the machines. Sure, why not? We're, <laughs> we're all over the place now. Right. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's, and so like with Mitchell's versus the machines in the very end, it's like, you know, the mom is talking to the, her daughter about the girl that she likes and I thought, how cool is this? Right. That this is normal. And and the thing is, is that I think that it's normal in certain aspects, right? To push the to push the boundaries to connect with kids that might be able to really resonate, like it, what resonates with them. But also, it's the only thing they can identify with. Right. It's the only thing that like in their small group, it might be the one way that they go like, yeah, so I live in zombie town right now. Right. As far as that goes, right. personally, like I'm a zombie in this other world. I don't fit I'm, in. I'm, you know, this type of thing that that nobody actually understands. Right. And I feel pushed out and unwelcome. And at the very end of the day, when it comes down to it, this is another way for those kids to be able to feel like there's something else to be attached to and to get this. So I just wanted to kind of like point that out from the aspect that depending on the media that we digest, there are ways to be able to share and have these conversations with your kids. And the cool part about it is, is that you can use them as launch pads for the conversations with your children um, one of the things that we started discussing also in that same movie in the aliens one is that even though they name it aliens, right? They're aliens. It is kind of a aspect of immigration policies or refugees, for example, because the aliens have lost their home and they're coming to another planet. Now I'm going to spoil a big part of the movie because it really does matter for what we're kind of talking about right now is the aliens lost their home because they were agreeable. They were all in agreement all of the time because they have telepathy and having multiple different opinions compromises their they emotional state. Right, right. And one of the things that they say is that their planet was ruined because nobody actually wanted to disagree because they didn't want to have consensus. And one of the conversations I'm having in my new job, one of the conversations I had with my children was, is that consensus doesn't mean you all agree. It means that you all agree to accept what the outcome is. And that is extremely like that. powerful to say that we do not have to go through the process of saying, okay, we're all on the same page now. We all agree. Great. That's not the point. The point is, is that after the election, we accept it. We accept that we are one people working towards something, right? 
We are one people that have come together and we are moving in a direction that's not combative. And although there may be disagreements, this is not coercion, right? There is nobody actually pushing anybody's hand or discounting anybody else's opinion. It is that your consensus is, is that you are willing to be able to be okay with what was decided by participating. And to them, they lost their planet because nobody wanted to disagree. And now we're looking at it where people don't want to engage in certain things sometimes still because they don't want to be disagreeable. They don't want to be against somebody else. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or they're on the opposite end and they want to hurt everybody's feelings because they don't care anymore. And it is just this volatile reactions, which means that they're not willing to abide by the consensus to say, we can discuss it. We can voice our opinions. We can cast our chips. We can do all that kind of stuff. And at the very end of it, we come to a decision that we're all willing to participate in. And that's a conversation I have with my children. And that's a conversation that I think that we need to actually continue to have because it's like these movies give parents the opportunity that want to, to be able to discuss them, no matter how cheesy the acting is, no matter how cringeworthy the kids grow Mm -hmm. up and eventually are adults doing these dance moves. It's really kind of interesting to be able to have that conversation with your kids if you let yourself have it. Yeah, for sure. I think having the hard conversations, the more in-depth, the more serious conversations with your kids, I think those are extremely important. So. Yeah, I'm going to let you finish out. There's one line that you left out of that exceptional Zed that you really latched onto that you really thought was really, really great as far as what he says about what they are. Like as far as like him saying that he's exceptional and then talking about the broader concept of what that means. Yeah, the part where he says, and we don't need to pretend Cause we will never fit in and we're not just awesome. In spite of that, we take pride of that. Instead, we're all exceptional. Just love that so much. The Delta is a mid map media production. You can check us out at heartlandpod.com or follow us on Twitter at the heartland pod. Please also consider signing up for our Patreon so that you can get exclusive merchandise as well as additional shows. And we'll talk again another time.